Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. It's so good to have you joining with us, whether you're in your car uh, or whether you're sitting at uh, at home uh, listening to your radio. Now, guys, look, if you're having a problem with reception due to the, us being a, a low-power FM station, why not switch to the Faith FM app? You'll never have any problems because it comes through the phone system rather than through the, uh, through the airwaves. So uh, why not uh, pick up and uh, download the Faith FM Australia uh, app? All you need to do is to go to at your favourite app store and uh, just look for, do a search for uh, Faith FM Australia. Make sure you look for the Australian one, uh, otherwise you'll have American voices uh, speaking uh, speaking to you and uh, uh, and you can download that app and then you can listen to us live or you can replay any program that you, you hear uh, on, uh, uh, on Faith FM Australia. Uh, now this week uh, we're looking at the subject, the collision of church and state Biblical Principles for Navigating a World in Crisis. Now, this is actually the theme for the South Australian Interchurch Convention that's occurring this weekend. Now, uh, this is going to be a really uh, exciting convention. Now, look, you are welcome. If you happen to be here in Adelaide, you're actually most welcome to come and uh, join with us. Now, uh, this is going to be um, occurring, uh, commencing at 10 a.m., this Saturday morning at the Christian Family Centre, 185 Frederick Road at Seaton. Uh, now, that address again, that's the Christian Family Centre at 185 Frederick Road at Seaton, commencing at 10 a.m. Uh, this Saturday. The subject is the collision of church and state, a biblical principles for navigating a world in crisis. This is going to be a, a, a fantastic uh, little meeting. It's going to go from uh, about 10 through to uh, um, about past 12 or, or 1 o'clock. Um, and uh, there's going to be a series of... Uh, four or five uh, speakers and uh, I believe you'll really appreciate uh, what uh, uh, what's going to be shared. Uh, now, in this series, uh, we're actually looking at the same subjects at uh, that regional meeting as what we are looking at uh, this week. Now, yesterday, we looked at uh, Daniel chapter 1 and asked, are there any principles for church-state relationships in Daniel chapter 1? And I really appreciated what uh, Pastor Joseph Matichik uh, shared on that occasion, and he's actually going to be the first preacher uh, this uh, this weekend uh, at our uh, at our regional uh, meeting, where all the Seventh Day Adventist churches are going to be uh, coming together in Adelaide, and it would be wonderful to have you come and uh, come and join with us. Um, now today uh, we're simply asking, uh, where are we going? Uh, can we be confident of the future? And we're going to be digging into Daniel uh, chapter. Chapter two, and I believe uh, you'll find the subjects that we're dealing with this uh, this week are just incredibly uh, powerful as far as reflecting on uh, what is occurring in our world at this particular point in time. 
Uh, now, today, our co-host is Eric Hoare. Now, Eric is our regular Tuesday co-host, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Now, welcome to you, Eric, once again. Thank you, Gary. <laughs> this is my kind of weather, but as you see, I'm in... I've got a white shirt on today and long pants. You have indeed. You're certainly you're dressed up. You've been involved in ministry, I understand. Yes. Um, <clears throat> there was a very sad. We actually had a funeral uh, I had to go to today at Springton. Uh, a beautiful place, a little country place up in the hills, and uh, it was at a little cemetery. It was an outdoor funeral. Yeah. Over 100 people there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, one of our church members, Kim, who who got cancer and unfortunately has passed away, leaving a little seven-year-old. So it was a very sad, emotional uh, emotional uh, funeral. Uh, and uh, the people there, um, sad, but, you know, as the minister said, you know, this isn't the end, uh, that mm. Jesus is coming again very soon, and the next thing Kim will see is Jesus. So It's one of the really challenges, challenging things in ministry, isn't it? You know, and that's ministering to people in times of grief. Yeah. How do you how do you actually find that? I think just by I just find by sitting and listening and and talking to them and letting them have what they want to say. Uh, I think that deep uh, connection with them, and not take a high a moral or a um, spiritual standpoint, but actually just be alongside them and 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 share the grief. And and uh, we all need to grieve, you know. And uh, um, I think when you <clears throat> when you lose one of your own, you know, you think of that. If that had been my daughter. How would I feel and put yourself yeah. in, in yeah. their position, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I know. I mean, it, this is certainly for me, I suppose, um, a funerals are one of the, uh, one of the most challenging and yet they can be one of the most rewarding parts of ministry as well because they actually give you opportunity to be, to draw very close, uh, to people, to put your arm around somebody, uh, to really, uh, to, to weep with those that weep because death is not something, of course, that was intended in this world, it's something that has been imposed on this world, and uh, I, I know when I when I share when I preach at a at a funeral environment, you know, one of the things that you know I continually try to bring out to people is, hey, death is not the end. You know, sometimes we hear, you know, you we're only, you know you only live once. Well, no, that's that's not biblical a biblical understanding because there is actually hope for the few and being able to share that hope is something that's I, I just find incredibly rewarding significantly I've actually had um, the uh, funeral directors come up to me and say pastor uh, that that gives such amazing hope and these people are in the industry they're used to death and dying uh, but when they hear what the scriptures actually say concerning death they're able to turn around and say hey pastor that gives such amazing hope you know I'd I think it's a, it's an incredible blessing and, to be and, able to share that. And as the pastor said, you know, Kim, uh, you know, she would have wanted the people there to hear what uh, what was said about Christ coming again. That she wanted to share as well. So this was an opportunity for those there to actually hear, maybe maybe for the first time, some scripture and talking about when Jesus is coming back and what happens when we die. Uh, something new for them, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's certainly one of the real challenges of uh, of ministry. It's also really good to have with us on the line uh, right now Pastor Luke Reeves, who's currently serving in ministry in North New South Wales. And uh, he's about to commence a brand new Faith FM program. Now, welcome to you, Luke. Hey, good to be here. 
it is really fantastic to have you uh, uh, to have you online. Now, look, before we actually come to the program, can you tell tell us just something, just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, I'm ministering up here in the Northern Tablelands, New South Wales. So I've got two churches, Guyra and Inverell. So yeah, it's been real blessing to be out west, especially in the times we're living. It's been nice to be out of the cities and in the country ministering. Yeah, yeah. No, I can fully believe it. I know I, I, I rejoice greatly that I'm actually down here in Adelaide because uh, I know yeah. that uh, some of my, my mates, particularly in some of the uh, larger uh, districts, particularly over on the East Coast, have really had uh, tough times in this last a little bit. And we really take our hat off to uh, uh, to those particular guys because, you know, they've done a marvellous job uh, and done some yeah, incredibly, incredibly hard work. But uh, look, tell us, uh, tell us, Luke. Now, what what is your most, uh, I suppose, the most enjoyable aspect of ministry to you? Um, for me, I really enjoy working with young people. Um, some of my passion areas are pathfinders and summer camps, and watching them shine and do things they haven't sort of done before. Yeah, and just getting young people involved in ministry. Oh yeah, yeah. No, look, that's that's an amazing uh, experience, particularly when you can nurture, you can mentor, you know, you can build up yeah. uh, young people. Now, I understand that you're actually using some of those uh, those skills in um, a new program that you're actually going to be presenting for Faith FM. Yeah. Now, um, Luke, can you tell us a little bit about what is this new program called, and uh, uh, what's your what's your intention behind it? Yeah, so we've called it Tableland Explorers. Right. Um, this is sort of because we're from the Tablelands area of New South Wales, we wanted to have that name incorporated and exploring the Bible, exploring the truths of the Bible and adapting them to our lives. And so we're just going through Bible study guides that we have and we're getting the young people involved in helping present them. So it's not just us doing all the presenting, they're helping present the Bible study as well. Okay, getting I Getting them involved in ministry and, and Bible study, so it's good. Oh, that, that, that's a, that's a wonderful initiative there, Luke. Look, I'm just interested if you could actually uh, open that up uh, for us just uh, just a little bit more because how are you getting young people actually involved uh, in these presentations? Yeah, so I went around and asked them if they wanted to be a part of doing a, a program and they were all pretty keen to it. So I would give them the Bible study guide to fill out and they have to then study it and then come up with their own sort of uh, information they want to expound on on that question. So then when we record and when we do the study that they've got actually some really good insight to to bring to the program. So it's more like um, there's four of us that does the study. Um, okay. There's me and James who are the co-hosts. Is he a minister? And uh, No, he's a Bible worker. Okay. Okay. Um, and then we've sort of been working with the young people in, in our churches in, in the area and just getting them involved. Um, and we just have them switch out every week. So we've got a group of about eight kids or yeah. eight teens that are involved in coming and they do a couple of studies each. Oh, and look. they have to study and they're sort of getting them to be able to study and to learn more about the study so when they come in and, yeah, they know what they're doing. 
that's a real mentoring role, isn't it? You know, to me, one of the things I'm yeah. really conscious of is we've here in Adelaide, we've got a group of young people, certainly at my at my church, a number of them them attend the Living Ministry yeah. Media team, and this is a uh, you know we produce you know YouTube uh, clips and uh, a Friday night program online, and uh, we have yeah. got in our control room here, we have got so many young people uh, that are dedicated and committed uh, to actually ministry uh, to online ministry. They absolutely love it, and to me, you know, it really yeah. it, it takes our uh, it takes young people to a brand new level when they're actually working and being involved in service for others, doesn't it? It does because some of the ones that we're using, you're not going to get them up the front of church. Yeah, yeah. Like they're shy. They they don't want to be up the front. But you know, you get into a room where it's just us and a microphone, and they've been doing really good. Wow. No, that I, I really love what you're actually doing there. But look, tell us, what is it that you're actually studying? Like, are you taking a, a book of the Bible or are you taking some uh, some subjects and dealing with it systematically? Or how do you actually – what are you actually studying? This. Uh... Yep. So um, we're, we're going through the Face of DOS Bible Study Guide. Okay. So they were a set of Bible study guides that the church brought out when Hacksaw Ridge came out. Okay. And, you know, the movie Hacksaw Ridge came out and it showed Desmond Doss, showed his character, who he was. Like, he was a World War II medic that went into war without a weapon. He wanted to go to the front lines to save life and not take it. So thought, you know, this study is a great study to go, hey, what was it about his faith that was able to make him do that? We're going through a set of studies of key beliefs that Desmond Doss believed in to make him the hero of Hacksaw Ridge. Wow, yeah. And so it's a 12-part 12, 12 series that we're going to start off with, and then we'll do another series after that. That 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 really impresses me because I'm I'm so conscious that particularly by the time you get the Desmond Doss story, and of course that was recorded in the movie Hacksaw Ridge, and I know that some of our listeners yeah. will actually have uh, been familiar, will have actually viewed and been familiar with that particular uh, movie, and uh, some of the lessons that come out of his life is just so are just so powerful. Yeah. I know that I've you know I, I actually read the the book of uh, Desmond Doss, and of course he got the uh, was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor uh, in the United yep. States for, I think, um, saving sixty or eighty people who were uh, trapped on uh, uh, on Hacksaw Ridge. You Hacksaw know? Ridge. Yeah. yeah. No, look, that's a, it's, it. Really, is an yeah. amazing story, and uh, and and your young people are going to share some of their some of their own stories in in there as well. Um, yeah, some some of them have brought up. Um different scenarios on how they've wanted to adapt what Desmond Doss adapted to his life to their life. Okay, um, okay. So a lot of the studies going, hey, Desmond Doss did this. How did he do that? This is what he believed in. Then we'll go through that topic and then how we can then relate that topic to our life to be able to sort of do what he did. Oh, uh, look, this really sounds like a, an incredibly worthwhile a series. Now, look, I'm conscious we are starting yep. to run out of time on this, but uh, look, Luke, can you just tell us now, when is uh, your program going to be airing? Yep. And, uh, I mean, how can we uh, how can we link into it? Yeah, well, it's going to be um, on Saturday afternoons at 5.30 p.m. Now, that's, um, Eastern, so now that's Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, that's Eastern Standard Time. So yeah. it's going to be playing um, in the Northern Tablelands area. Um, so if you're in that sort of area, you'll be able to find it on the radio, on the Face FM radio, or 
anywhere else, you'll have to go to the Face FM website or the app and look for Tableland Explorers and they'll all be on there. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm really pleased you actually mentioned that. And, folks, uh, look, can I just uh, pick up on what Luke's actually shared there? Because that app is just so valuable and so important. Oh, it? uh, it's a brilliant uh, app. I mean, pe- so many people don't realise that you can actually get all of Faith FM on the uh, on the app. Now, of course, we're a low-power FM uh, station, which means that sometimes we, you fade in, you fade out, and, you you know, you lose yeah. some really good uh, material. But, uh, of course, if people want to... All they need to do is to come on to uh, go to their favourite favorite app store uh, and just do a search for Faith FM Australia. But, folks, look, you really need to make sure that you pick, put that Australia in. Otherwise, you'll get the United States version and uh, you don't want the United States version. You want to hear the Australian voices. Your favourite app store, Faith FM Australia, watch what you're searching for. Just download that and then um, you can go on that app. You can listen to us live or alternatively, all our programs are stored there and you'll be able to hear. You can hear Drive Time that we're uh, sharing with you uh, on right now. Uh, or perchance, uh, you can hear uh, hear Luke, uh, this brand new uh, program with, uh, with a host of young people sharing an incredible message about uh, Desmond Doss uh, and the... So we're just Table and Explorers is, is the name of our show and the Bible study guides are the Faith of Doss study guides. Okay, um, so okay. There'll be things, you'll be able to interact with us, you'll be able to download the study guides um, and we've got plenty of free offers, so yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think you're doing a wonderful job there, and it's so fantastic that you're actually mentoring uh, those young people because I know the the yeah. positive impact that will actually have on uh, on their well, lives. Luke, I'm just wondering, can I just have prayer for you before we uh, before we finish? Father in heaven, Lord, I come to you right now. I want to say thank you for for Luke. I want to say thank you for this uh, for this new program that is commencing up in uh, North New South Wales, the Tableland Explorers. Uh, Lord, I just want to pray that you might be with them. I pray particularly that you'll be with the young people. I pray that your hand might rest upon them. I pray that you might make make them powerful in your in your ministry. Uh, I pray that you'll give them words to speak. And Lord, uh, I just pray that this uh, program will grow and develop and multiply in every possible way. We just ask these things in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Luke, thank, Luke you. thank you so much for um, You're welcome. Um, for, for coming and, and sharing with us this afternoon. Really looking forward uh, to hearing yep. uh, really good things that are coming out of, out of your program.
And what a beautiful uh, song uh, that is. Uh, that She Reads Truth, and uh, the song was Great Is Thy Faithfulness. Uh, that is a traditional Christian hymn. Uh, beautiful words and uh, amazing thoughts. Uh, um, Hey, what a blessing that uh, that song has been for uh, for so many years, uh, guys. We have a uh, a giveaway book uh, for you today. The the book's entitled "Hope for Troubled Times." Now, um, this uh, this is a book that uh, deals with a fear, worry, stress, uh, emotions that can overwhelm, emotions that can really consume us. They fill our minds with unanswerable questions. You know, will I lose my my my, my uh, health, my family, my job, my home. You know, I'm, I'm aware of so many people that are hitting, uh, getting hit with these questions today, uh, particularly, uh, in, uh, uh, in their work, work environment. Uh, this is a really beautiful book. It's, it's written by, uh, Pastor Mark Finlay. Uh, he's a recognized author. Uh, he's, uh, he's written, uh, uh, many, uh, dozens of, uh, of small books dealing with different subjects. Uh, this one is just simply entitled Hope, uh, for Trouble. Times now. Look, if you'd like to have a copy of Hope for Troubled Times, uh, then please, uh, why not um, just uh, text us uh, here at the um, here at the studio? Now, our text number, our drive time uh, text number is o four triple eight. 80811. That number again is 048 And all you need to do is to put in your text a code. And the code is uh, SA22. Now, don't put any gap between the SA and the 22. SA for South Australia and 22, just uh, those four numerals, SA22. And uh, we've got a super friendly robot. And uh, uh, robot or bot, as we uh, we call him, uh, will, uh, in fact, I think he has a name now. I think he's called Faithful. Uh, he'll contact you and uh, he'll request the information that uh, that he needs uh, to be able to to send this book to you in the fastest possible manner. And uh, that book again is Hope uh, for Troubled Times, uh, and that number is oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven. Also, look if you've got any any comments or questions, any requests that you'd like us to um, respond to, feel free to uh, to text that uh, through to us on that same number and uh, we're more than happy to respond to uh, to your questions or your uh, your requests uh, now you're listening to faith FM drive time big QA with uh, Pastor Gary uh, today our co-host is uh, Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church now this week we're looking at the theme the collision of church and state biblical principles for navigating a world in crisis uh, now now, this is actually also the theme for our South Australian interchurch convention that's occurring this weekend here in Adelaide. So, look, if you happen to be here in Adelaide, why not come along and, and join with us? The title is The Collision of Church and State, Biblical Principles for Navigating a World in Crisis. Uh, this Saturday, we're going to be meeting at the Christian Family Centre, uh, 185 Frederick Road at Seaton, um, and we're commencing at 10 o'clock and that'll go through till probably about 1 o'clock we've got uh, 5 speakers uh, and they're going to speak for about 20 minutes each and uh, they're going to cover various aspects of uh, of this particular uh, subject Uh, now today uh, the subject that we're we're talking about is are there any um, no that was yesterday are the, yesterday we looked at are there any principles for church state relationships today uh, where are we going can I be confident 
of the future. Uh, it's so important that we have a clear, a clear idea of where we and our world is actually heading. Now, of course, yesterday we looked at Daniel chapter one and we established some principles from Daniel chapter one. Today we're looking at Daniel chapter two because I believe this question can be best answered from a, an amazing, um, vision that, uh, Daniel did have. Um, you know, but Eric, before we go on, you know, how are you finding it in, in your ministry? Are people more worried about the future than they used to be in previous decades? Or is this, you know, something that I've just sort of got in my imagination? Well, in our little group, um, we've had just recently a few new people come along to study for the first time. And, um, just seeing them, you know, flick through the pages and finding the texts and, and having help until they get proficient to that. And the reason is because they see what's happening around the world and they're really, they are really worried about it. And the funny thing is, you know, when their friends, uh, see what they're doing, they actually say, you know, you're being stupid. Why are you going to the Bible to try and see what's happening around the world? You know, we yeah. can see what's happening, but why are you going to the Bible? Why the Bible? So many people actually don't link the two together. You know, there's sort of, there's a disconnect, whereas traditionally the Bible is exactly the place people would go to because they realize that there were actually answers within the scriptures, whereas today there is this huge disconnect that's actually taken place so that uh, individuals don't realize that, hey, what is actually occurring in our world does actually have answers within uh, the pages of, uh, of the scriptures. That's right. They... They, you know, they question, they think they're being silly, actually. I've had some of them say, you know, why are you going there for, you know? Um, why don't you listen to this or that and this other thing? And, and many times they talk, as we're going to study Daniel 2 today, they go to the places that the king actually went to first. Uh, he didn't learn his lesson. He went later on in another chapter then first as well. Uh, but it's interesting because... Um, when you see them learning and reading the Bible, they start to see what's actually going on and it seems to just, their mind just seem to click into place and they can see that the Bible does talk about the relevant thing, has got the future in hand. Um, but it's interesting that um, when you look at what, depending what country you're from, you know, you might have a president uh, that leads the country or a prime minister here, even a king in some parts of the world. And it's amazing the political power that is wheeled, you know, wheeled through these where you can have restrictions and things are taken away. Yeah. And it's a political, a lot of this is political um, yeah. and it's all being set up. But a lot of the biblical guidance regarding political leaders on this earth stems from the amazing book of Daniel. And the words of the Apostle Paul, because he wrote to Christians in the middle of the uh, Greco-Roman world, and the Roman law was concerning figures of power, was extremely stringent. Uh, you're required to obey, <coughs> comply, or face the rest, or even worse. So there was, during the Roman rule, the iron rule, it was a really uh, class, clad iron rule that, uh, that dominated the people of the time. And that's why Jesus came to set people free <coughs> from all those sorts of things. So as Christians, we live in a secular world, yeah, a very yeah. secular world. Uh, in different secular societies, governments and political leaders, we part of our lives in different ways, the influences they have on us. And we've got to work through that based on the foundation of the Bible 
to have a f- hope for the future. And well, how did Daniel on. actually do this? Because <clears throat> what I'm really interested in is that Daniel, of course, was living in a, well, a, you know, certainly a, a non-believing society. We would call it today a very secular uh, society, except that they did actually believe in many gods as opposed to one god. Um, there was, you know, how are we to... Um, what, what examples can we get from Daniel's life, and particularly from this Daniel 2, that would uh, help us understand uh, this issue of the future? You know, can I be confident of the future? Well, Daniel 2 is an amazing uh, revelation of the future and time uh, given through the prophet Daniel, given to him by God, where he gave the answer to the dream of his king. And the king called together, of course, uh, the most powerful men of his day. Um, it's if we actually come to Nebuch- uh, to um, Daniel two and verse one onwards, it says, "Now in the second year of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was so troubled that his sleep left him. Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king." And the king said to them, I've had a dream and my spirit is anxious to know the dream. It's interesting that this dream was so relevant to him that it woke him from his sleep. Normally when I wake from my sleep with a start in a dream, I normally remember it. Mm. It's normally when I sleep Mm. through and I can't remember this one here. Now, what comes to mind is, did he really want to know from them uh, what the dream did he actually know it and was testing them or did he actually wake up and couldn't remember it I, I think he just couldn't remember it that's that's mm. what I sort of mm. uh, read from this but it woke him up with a start and uh, he wanted to know what it meant to him and then the Chaldeans in verse 4 spoke to the king in Aramaic Aramaic is um, the only time in the Bible where this word Aramaic is used it's actually the language um, of uh, of the uh, of the time yeah uh, of the Babylonians. This yeah. is the language of the Babylonians. This is the, the only time given in Scripture that this is actually used. So mm. this was uh, speaking of the time of the um, of this period. Yep. But and, I'm really interested who it is he actually turns to for this problem that he's actually got. You know, he's got something that has really frightened him, mm. and to me that's significant. But look at who it is that he actually turns to and uh, tries to uh, find a solution from. Yeah, it's it's amazing, isn't it? It says, Then the king gave the command to call the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. So this is what a lot of people turn to today. Exactly yeah. this. In yeah. fact, I think more people turn uh, to them today than they do to the God of heaven. Mm. Um, you see there's many fears that have these uh, astrologers in. Uh, there's uh, um, radio programs, uh, uh, television programs, uh, and people paid in the newspapers. It's all there. Yeah. It, it's so widespread today. This yeah. is exactly where the king turned to. Yeah. And, of course, the astrologers are, in fact, those who look at the stars to try to find their future. I mean, to this day we have in newspapers we have the astrology column uh, where you know some do actually follow you know particularly mm. I think of certain magazines that you can purchase at the a news agent that uh, are full of uh, well have got a number of pages dedicated to the astrologer uh, that they can as- so it is said 
um, see into the future and provide some form of hope. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, as I look at this, I say, hey, turning to these sources actually brought the king total failure. Mm. And the thing is, too, you know, today I know a lot of people who actually follow the stars and what's written in the paper in the paper about whether you're a Virgo or whatever, yeah. and they believe what that's something's going to happen. Yeah. And, and yeah. obviously, the king, brought up in the culture, he wasn't believing in many gods, accepted a lot of what these magicians and astrologers had said to him in the past. Yeah. So these are the ones he's leaning on now, and he says to them, "Listen," he says uh, uh, in verse uh, five, he says. Say, uh, uh, he says, give us the interpretation, you know, give us the dream. We'll tell you the interpretation. That's what they're wanting. Yeah, they want to yeah. know what the king had dreamt. And uh, uh, and then the king answered and said to the Chaldeans, my decision is firm. If you don't, do not make known the dream to me and its interpretation, you shall be cut to pieces and your houses shall be made in ash heap. You know, it's interesting. Back in those days, one of the cruel things that many of the kings used to do, they used to... Um, to December, to disembowel somebody like this, they would bend four trees over and tie them together with a single rope. They'd put a, a man tied to each tree. They'd bend them over and then they'd have a rope holding it together. Uh, as a terrible way to die. And then they'd cut the rope and it would, it would fling open and actually disembowel them. Tear wow. them to pieces. This is wow. one of the, if you look back in history at some of the people that have written about this, this is how cruel the kings were back yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, it's hard yeah. to believe today. Yeah. So that's what they were under threat of, you know. Yeah. To, to me, the thing that really jumps out at me at this particular uh, uh, junction in this story, though, is that I think it gives a lesson to us today, and that's be very cautious of the sources that you gain your knowledge from because I, I'm so conscious today that there are so many different sources. I mean, I think of, uh, you know, if we go onto the, uh, under the web, uh, there are so much, uh, out there uh, that is really, uh, nonsense, you know, and what we've actually got here is the king is actually turned to sources that were unreliable and to me as I, as I look at this uh, you know I, I I say hey you know maybe if he had turned to the God of heaven where there is a reliable source he might have much quicker been able to find the solution to his to his problem so to me uh, certainly one of the uh, things that this passage says to me is hey uh, beware of the source that you actually do, uh, do and, utilize. And a lot of people don't realize today where that source comes from. They can't see anything wrong with going to the sources that the king has gone to. They seem no harm in it. In fact, we've got Halloween coming. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look, uh, I was in uh, Big W the other day, and you, your stuff for sale that, that, that the parents buy for their kids, you've got skulls and you've got witches and they dress up with lipstick on and, you know, all things all over for Halloween night and yet that's sort of promoting a devilish, a witches that the Bible talks as evil. It's all part of this yeah. system here. Yeah. So it's actually programming children while they're young. So it is very much a part of our world still today. Yeah, It's not yeah. a good place yeah. to go to. But if we skip down because of time, if we skip down to verse 10, it says here, the child ends answered the king and said, there is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore, no king, lord or ruler has ever asked such things of a magician, astrologer or a Chaldean. It is a difficult thing that the king requests. 
and there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with the flesh. So here they're saying, look, um, they're trying to buy time, if you like. They're saying, look, it's not our fault. You just there's nobody here that can do it. It's only the gods of the heaven, their gods. They thinking that yeah. can actually reveal that. Here's where the source is. Yeah. That yeah. when you're talking about the god of heaven, um, and for this reason the king was angry and very furious and gave the command to destroy all the wise men. So the decree went out to kill them. Uh, and then it says, oh, if we skip down, if we come down to verse sixteen, it says. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time, that he might tell the king the interpretation. And then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to his companions that they might seek mercies from God of heaven concerning the secret, so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. You know, that's amazing, isn't it? Daniel did what he normally did when he wanted to get the source, what you're talking about. Mm. He prays. Yeah. He yeah, prays to yeah. heaven. Now, this is where the dream is revealed to him. Yeah. Um, you know, magnificent. This is it. This, this is a beautiful picture of what's occurring here because, of course, the, what the king has seen is a, is a huge uh, uh, vision here of a, an idol of, uh, of made of uh, four different uh, metals plus, a, mm. plus the feet of iron and clay. And what, what you have here is um, Daniel knows how to deal with a difficult situation. He is able to come to his God in prayer. Uh, do you know um, one of the one of the things I'm, I'm so conscious of is that you know Eric, we live in a world today where our first stop is very rarely prayer mm. in uh, when we are facing difficulty. I, I don't know how, how you find it. Uh, you know, it, one of the things that I suppose you know you, you minister to the indigenous uh, congregation here in Adelaide, and uh, one of the things I really appreciate about a lot of our indigenous people is that uh, they're far more likely to actually turn to God in prayer uh, than uh, many of the uh, Caucasian people that that I minister to. It, 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 would that be your understanding? It's true. I get, I get phone calls every day from Aboriginal people praying for them. In my own church, that doesn't happen, the yeah. church up at Birdwood. But with the indigenous group, many calls each day, can we have a prayer? Something's happened. Can we pray about this? And we pray all the time during the day. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah. So you're right. And Daniel, this was his source of strength. That's where he knew the answer would be given. This was the answer, what the what the king was asking for. And it's interesting how Daniel answered when he was given the vision. He said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. This is in verse 20. For wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings, he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. This is telling me that he is the one that places the kings in place. Yeah, yeah. And he is the one that actually removes them. So even if you have a king that goes bad, God has still put them there and something's going to work through that king that's in line with what's going to, ha- what's happening in the future. This is, this is a yeah. really important point because to me what it's saying is that God is actually in control. Uh, you know, so, there are so much that's happening in this world. I think of uh, disasters. I, I think of the, you know, personal issues that uh, people are facing in their lives. I think of people who are losing jobs. I think of people who are being forced to change jobs. I think of people who, 
uh, are uh, you know struggling with education at this time and yet uh, to me the message of Daniel 2 is the most high rules the kingdoms of men the most high is the one who has superintending over it all and uh, you know to, to me it, it's a very beautiful picture that Daniel starts to paint in this picture as as the God of heaven being a God who both answers prayer and responds to prayer. But look, let's just come to some music, uh, Eric. Uh, this is uh, Michael W. Smith, and the song is uh, Ancient Ancient Words. Love this uh, this particular song. It's so relevant to what we're saying today.
That was Michael W. Smith uh, and the song Ancient Words. What a beautiful uh, song that uh, that is. Uh, now, look, we our free uh, giveaway book uh, for today is the book uh, Hope for Troubled Times. Now, this has been written by Mark Finley, and uh, this simply answers the question, how do I thrive in a shattered world? It's uh, such a significant question. You know, in a time when emotions can overwhelm and consume us, they fill our minds with unanswerable questions. The questions are actually answered in this book, Hope for These Times. Now, look, if you'd like to get your own copy of uh, Hope for These Times, uh, then why not just uh, send us a a text uh, to our drive time text number Uh, that number is 04888 80811 that number again is 04888 80811 and just use the uh, use the code uh, SA22 is the is the code for today and uh, you'll really appreciate this uh, this book Uh, once you send us that code to uh, uh, our drive time number uh, our uh, uh, our bot called faithful he will uh, he'll contact you and uh, ask you for the information that we need to get it to you in the fastest uh, uh, possible possible manner uh, now you're listening to faith FM uh, drive time big Q a with uh, pastor Gary today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, this week we're looking at the collision of church and state biblical principles for navigating a world in crisis. This is the theme for our South Australian Interchurch Convention this weekend. And look, if you'd love to come along, we'd love to uh, love to have you. Uh, we're commencing at 10 a.m. at the Christian Family Centre, 185 Frederick Road at Seaton. And uh, all our most of our churches will actually be closed on uh, uh, this particular weekend as we as we worship together and give consideration to this subject. We've got uh, five separate speakers and uh, they're going to be giving short talks on uh, this uh, this particular particular subject. Uh, your co-host today is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church and this week we are looking at that theme. Um, and today uh, we're simply asking where are we going can I be confident of the future? Eric, bring it all together for us. We've probably got no more than uh, seven or eight more minutes. Well, if you were to um, just read this Daniel 2 out of the Bible and want a proof that there is a God of heaven who exists, then this is the book. This is the book. Because this is the history lesson in, in the making, written well before the uh, time uh, when it happened. If you look at the head of gold, the statue here, uh, that was talking about the king himself, king of Babylon. That was the Babylonian kingdom. The the breast and arms of silver was made of Persia. Uh, the belly and thighs of brass were Greece. The legs of iron would, was uh, Rome. And then the feet and iron, feet of toes of iron and clay, the divided kingdoms at the end of time, there'd be no more world power. This is given a history lesson. It tells us, check, check the history books. This is exactly what happened, foretold by uh, God through Daniel as to what would happen. And each of these metals is inferior to the last. And if you look at the head of gold, that's something that man treasures and puts at the highest value. But if you look down at the feet, of a clay mixed with iron. This is the weakest spot built on a weak foundation. Mm. So what it's saying here is that there is a degeneration, a sin into the world. It's, it's going down where, it, where it's, it just can't last. And then at the end, <clears throat> it talks about what happens at the end. Oh, and before you go to the end there, you know, the thing mm. that absolutely amazes me, Eric, mm. is that what we've actually got here is that Daniel is giving 
a prophecy, or rather a prophecy is given to the king in 600 BC, 600 mm. years before the birth of Christ. Yep. And he turns around and he says, hey, there's going to be uh, four kingdoms, and then the, uh, they're going to be reasonably united kingdoms, and then there's going to be a, a major a division of, uh, of that land, uh, land area. Mm. Uh, and before something more, even more significant happens, and it's this point that I think is just so, uh, you know, so powerful. And so we can tell by reading scripture and, and knowing what's happening here that we live in these times. We're living down in the toes here and the feet of the statue. Bab- Babylon was at the top. And it says here in 44, verse 44 of Daniel 2, And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kings, and it will stand forever. Insomuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation is true. Now, what it's saying here is that this stone, the kingdom of God, cut without hands. You know what that makes me think of, Gary? It makes me think of the curtain between the holy and the most holy place, mm. ripped from top to bottom. Not in a, uh, as human we would think, be ripped from bottom to top. This great big thick curtain done by God. This is a, a traumatic event. This is talking about the second coming of Christ. Yeah. yeah. And and this is a miraculous thing that it's saying. And it says here that it's the the statue falls. This is the end of the world as we know it. And he said, I'm going to set up a new heaven and a new earth. And this is what will happen at the end of time. So we don't need to worry about what's going to happen in the future. What we need to do is be like Daniel and study our Bible and pray, have pray as a, as a basis of power in our life. And when things go wrong, we go to the source of strength, which is the God of heaven. While all those around us, many people will seek other things, we have to stay true and we will know, we will know what's happening around us. Our eyes are opened, if you like, and those others are closed. And that's where the power comes from. In other words, what we've got here is a powerful message from from Daniel and what he's doing is reassuring us that the God of heaven, he both knows and controls the future. You know, I mean, sometimes I, I hear people say, look, you know, I mean, hey, uh, the world is just careering out of control. And, you know, to all intents and purposes, that's the way it is. But ultimately, what the scriptures are talking about here is a time that is coming uh, where the God of heaven is going to intervene and he's going to say, hey, it's enough. You know, there, uh, if you like, there has been a dreadful experiment with sin, you know, way back at the beginning of the time. What we find in uh, the book of uh, Revelation, you find... Uh, um, a passage there talking about there was war in heaven. Uh, Satan and his angels fought. You find, and you know, it's almost the uh, we call it. You know, we could call it the great controversy. You call it Star Wars if you want to. You know, a battle occurred in heaven that somehow moved to this earth when our uh, first parents actually uh, fell under uh, under temptation. As a result of that, you know, death and sin and pain and heartache and suffering just came on all humanity. Uh, but then the beautiful thing I love about the Word of God is that we actually have a solution is presented to us by none other than God himself. And you get the story of the Saviour uh, that's coming to redeem mankind. You know, For God so loved 
the world, the best known text in the entire scriptures, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish mm. but have everlasting life. You know, and to me, Eric, one of the most beautiful things is, you know, I have, you know, through my ministry, I've probably had uh, had to run funerals probably three and four times most most years. Mm. You know, I've been in ministry now probably for 40 years. So, you know, do, do the sums. You know, I've put a put a lot of people uh, in in their graves. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that I most appreciate is when I can actually share with uh, a, with somebody who's actually been a, a family of someone who's been a believer and I can say, hey, look, this is what the Word of God is actually saying. And when we see, Pastor Gary, at the end of time, all these things happening around us, we, we know that God is still in control. And that's the main thing. Behind the scenes of it all, even though the devil's running around like a roaring lion, God is still in control. And that's the whole key. I mean, John, Second uh, John nineteen eleven says, Jesus answered, You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greatest sin. So what it's saying there is even those people that are, uh, think they're controlling things, the power has been given to them from above, and it's going to end in disaster. The thing is God is in control. We know what's going to happen in the future by this prophecy, and we know that Jesus is coming again soon. And that's what we need to concentrate on. We should have that as part of our lives, and we should yeah. be telling that message what you're saying. Come unto me, all ye are brokenhearted, and I will give you rest. Yeah, yeah. And when you present that, that two people, you know, a transition can actually take place because what it does is it lifts a person's eyes from the current problems to something that is bigger and greater and more important. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, having my uh, my home and my employment, uh, these things uh, are vital to us and we have to answer. These are legitimate questions that we do have to answer and we do struggle with them. Uh, but, you know, the thing that I found is that uh, people who are able to come to God in prayer are able to deal with the questions with a much greater level of peace uh, than those who uh, are trying to stand and deal with these questions on their own. Uh, But Eric, look, let's just bow our heads together in, in prayer just as we finish. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you right now. Lord, I want to say thank you for being the God who cares. Uh, Lord, I, I want to say thank you for being the God who acts. I want to say thank you for being the God who delivers. Uh, Lord, we're living in a, uh, a time of earth's history where so many people are saying, what is going on? Uh, people are struggling uh, to understand what's occurring in our world. But Lord, I want to say thank you for giving us your word. Uh, Lord, thank you for giving us the exceedingly great and precious promises. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you would be with every listener right now. Lord, if there's anybody there who, who's struggling in some area, maybe it's their employment, maybe it's in a relationship, maybe it's with finance, maybe it's with health. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you'd be with that individual, that you'll give them uh, the um, uh, you'll give them the desire of their heart, that you'll give them that which they want to bring to you. I pray that you might answer their prayer and that above all that you would give them peace. Lord, these things I just ask and pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Well, my friends, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor David Butcher joins with us as we ask, how do I recognize and respond to misapplied authority? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, 
I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.